4: Welcome back, everyone. This is Indiana Sports Talk, and it's brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Glad you're with us. Coming up, the commissioner of the IHSAA, Paul Neidig. Plus, later on tonight, we're going to talk more racing and basketball and more ball. Right now, though, the star of the show, because he's got all the great information you desperately need, it's Network Indiana's Eddie Garrison.
5: Thank you, Coach Lovell. Rookie minicamp underway for the Indianapolis Colts. It's the first day today, or today was the first day. They will have days two and three this weekend, and then it'll be a long time until the Colts are back together for OTAs. That'll be in June. However, some rookies speaking today for the Indianapolis Colts. The local kid... Julius Juju Brintz, the cornerback out of Kansas State that they selected in the second round, was asked today on what is most intimidating about Anthony Richardson.
6: You don't really got to say a whole lot. You just look at him alone, like his physical stature. Like he's, he's a big dude for sure. I remember he came up and shook my hand. and I got big hands, but I was like, you know, like a mitt just kind of suffocated my hands. So that, was, that was kind of the first thing. But, uh, man, I could just tell he loved the game. Just walking around the facility, he's been having a football in his hand, like 24-7. I'm like, okay, yeah, he's locked in for sure. So, love to see that from your quarterback, uh, just like his passion for the game. And uh, I'm just looking forward to seeing him work, man, all of us.
5: If you remember the Legion of Boom days with the Seattle Seahawks, Gus Bradley was the defensive coordinator or, or part of the defensive coaching staff, I should say, in Seattle. And if you remember Richard Sherman, that's the kind of traits that Juju Brins possesses, and that's where he sees himself fitting in perfectly in Gus Bradley's system.
6: 100% I love it. Uh, just, you know, his track record and where he's been at with the Seattle Seahawks, you know, the Richard Shermans, uh, the type of defense they had, having those longer guys outside, uh, being able to get hands-on on receivers and then being able to switch it up, having zone knives and make plays on the ball. I feel like it uh, definitely suits the type of player I am. Uh, I feel like I'm very suitable for a lot of different schemes, but uh, I love it. You know, he's a great guy, great coach, so I'm just looking forward to continue to keep learning from him.
5: On the other side of the football for the Indianapolis Colts, some expectations have already been put on Josh Downs, the potential slot receiver for the Indianapolis Colts because of the standards that have been set by Reggie Wayne already.
6: Uh, yeah, standard is to learn the offense right away, um, know pretty much all my alignments and splits, and um, be precise in all my routes and all my details. I mean, like a day or two after the combine, me and him were on Zoom for about an hour and 30 minutes just learning the playbook, learning the formations, because um, he, he wants me to get in there early, compete with the older guys, and uh, be able to just help the offense.
5: Now what kind of routes? does Downs expect to run this year for the Indianapolis Colts?
6: They expect me a lot of, a lot of option routes, um, a lot of crossing routes, a lot of drags underneath stuff, and then sometimes over the top. So uh, similar to T.Y., I just feel like uh, working over the middle is where I, where I thrive at. You're comfortable there? Yeah, I love working over the middle. A lot of people don't like it, but um, you're going to take some hits here and there, but I feel like um, that's where the money's at. So i uh, got to work over the middle of the field being in the slot and then maybe sometimes outside. So.
5: In Major League Baseball in St. Louis, the Cardinals have gone from a leading three to two to now trailing four to three. Javier Baez has caught fire lately. He has now homered in three of his last four games. He's two for two today, including one round tripper with a pair of RBIs on the Cardinal side of things. Nolan Arredondo and Daniel Carlson. All right, two of the three players with RBI is for the Cardinals. Jordan Montgomery started. He went six innings, gave up two runs, and Jordan Hicks, in relief, has given up two runs in just one-third of an inning. Minor League Baseball, Indianapolis Indians and in Toledo Mudhens just going final. This in Toledo, 6-3 final score as the Indians pick up a win tonight. They're now 13-17. and 17. South Bend Cubs get shut out by the Cedar Rapids. Colonels 3-0, only 5 hits in totality for the Cubs tonight. They're now 14-11, and and the Colonels are 12-12. Fort Wayne 10-caps. Offense comes together. 8-3 win over the Lake County Captains today. 10-caps now 7-17. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison.
4: Welcome back, everybody. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Always an honor to talk to the commissioner of the IHSAA, Paul Neidig, joins us. Commissioner, thanks for taking time to call. Thanks so much for the kind text earlier in the day. I greatly appreciate it and uh, your uh, board of directors meeting earlier in the week um, some big news coming out of that but again that's uh, you know it's the process it's the legislative process where uh, uh, motions are voted upon legislation voted upon and that's what you had uh, a few days earlier in the week so if you can give me an overview of what transpired at this meeting
7: absolutely coach and certainly uh, one of my, uh it's always a highlight of my week when I get to join sure, you on your show coach sure. it's uh, well
4: you're very kind
7: <laughs> it's i uh, love talking sports with our fans out there and your fans and certainly uh Indiana is a great place to do it. in. so, yeah, we have a annually, uh, the first Monday in May, we have a board of directors meeting. You know, and our board, obviously, is made up of elected mm-hmm. representatives of our member schools. And and so we look at bylaws and things that come up throughout the year or things that we need to adjust to, to kind of stay relevant with uh, what's going on. And, and we have a couple pretty big ones this year. One of them yeah. is yeah, uh, how did. we class our schools, you know, since 1997. Six ninety seven. The great debate about class basketball began and continues today. And you know, but we haven't really looked at how we class our schools since that time. And you know, currently we do it. We do it where it's equal among all four classes, um, equal number of teams. In. What's happened over time is the size of schools have continued to grow, uh, and we've had a lot of smaller schools with charter schools and private schools that have come on. And so we've, you would take a school like Westdale. Westdale has not increased in enrollment anything significant mm. in the past several years, but Westdale is now a 2A school, and they're a 2A school because other schools have come on and pushed them up in enrollment. And our top class is Karma High School with five thousand plus down to around twelve hundred students in a school, and we we were getting a bigger and bigger disparity there. So we had a proposal right. before our board to look at those numbers and and if was then this would if this does pass and it's still on the table, uh, we'll no longer have the exact equal number of classes. We'll based upon the enrollment of schools. Uh, as an example, the large class will be fourteen hundred all the way up to to. 5,000, you know, and you can still say that's a big gap, but you still mm-hmm. have to have enough teams in the tournament to offer a quality tournament. And so that was the proposal before our board. And they just, uh, they're really doing their due diligence. They want to take some time to look at it a little further. Um, and, and that's what they're doing. So we're going to bring it back to them in June and, and look at it again. And you know, Coach, it's like anything else. If we take 20 teams out of the bottom of 4A and move them into the top, if we move them into the top of 3A, well, uh, those teams are very happy to go to 3A. But those sure. 3A teams that were sitting there at the top right. of 3A are now moved down. They're not so happy those teams are coming in. No, and, and that happens that. <laughs> all the way down the, right, the, the right. classes.
3: Life is full of things to manage your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Keytruda, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Keytruda, and check out the details at Kisimta.com, Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation.
4: so it's tabled meaning uh, further study so is there a, what's the process now will the will you uh, and member institutions do more research take uh, take more of a look at what this means what the uh, uh, what impact it might have uh, is sport by sport so what exactly are you going to do
7: yeah, what I'll do, Coach, is I'll reach out to each of my board members over the next uh, several weeks, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm going to, and I'm going to have one-on-ones with each of the board members, and I right. want to, right. and they they, and again, their vote is their vote, not my. Not my purview, but there. I'm going to ask what 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 else do you need from me? What other information would you right, like us right. to look at? What can we provide to you? And because our board is made up of of the representative, representation of our schools, we have one A schools and two A schools, three A and four A schools represented, mm-hmm. and urban schools and minority representatives and female representatives and a private school representative. So they all have a different lens, and that's one thing about these types of decisions. It really depends upon the lens of your seat. Right. Um, and the one thing that our board uh, it, it's difficult because they all represent a school too. But in the end, they've got to separate themselves from their school and look at the state as a whole and, and really have be advocates for all 407 members of, right. our, of right. our association.
4: All right, Commissioner, you know the drill here. I need you to hang on through this scoreboard update, because this is an incredibly important topic, and we want to talk more. So if you can do that, I would appreciate it.
7: Absolutely, Coach.
4: All right, perfect. The commissioner of the IHSAA, Paul Knighting, will stay with us. Scoreboard update coming up with Eddie Garrison. Much more to come on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk.
5: Sports Talk, scoreboard update. I'm Eddie Garrison. 20 seconds left in Philadelphia between the 76ers and the Boston Celtics for Game 3 of the Eastern Conference Semifinals. And it's all academic, really, as Boston continues to go to the free-throw line. They're up 11 with 19 and a half to go, Malcolm Brogdon just made one free throw. He's got another, so a free throw here will make it a 12-point lead, which he does. 114-102, Jason Tatum paced the Boston Celtics and scoring with 27 points. Jalen Brown with 23. Malcolm Brogdon and Marcus Smart each had 15 of their own. Joel Embiid. Back to MVP level tonight, only second game back after suffering that knee injury in the first round of the Brooklyn Nets, 30 points and 13 rebounds. James Harden struggled 3 of 14 from the floor, 16 total points, 11 assists. Tyrese Maxey was also 4 of 16, so the two combined to go 7 of 30 and 5 of 16 from downtown and combined for 29 points. The Boston Celtics now lead the series two games to one. coming up shortly on espn the denver nuggets and the phoenix suns it'll be game three between those two teams and denver currently leading the series two games to zero chris paul will not suit up for the phoenix suns he's already been reeled out for games three four and five and doubtful for game six and a must win tonight for the phoenix suns who are favored by four
3: points for network indiana sports
5: i'm eddie garrison
2: welcome back everyone
4: this is indiana sports talk it's brought to you by indiana donor network we resume our conversation (laughs) with the commissioner of the ihsaa paul knighting commissioner to recap how the schools are classified has been tabled for the board of directors is that back for a vote in september is that the plan
7: Actually, coach, it'll it'll come back before the board in June. We have a we have another executive. We have the last executive committee and board meeting of the year in June, and so that's uh, it'll be right after the baseball state finals when we'll meet again.
4: Got it. Sounds good. Now, this obviously is legislation that affects uh, all schools at all levels. You also had some um, motions on which you vote that. Uh, are sports-specific, a little more uh, centralized, if you will, a little more uh, not as broad in nature as the classification. What other things uh, were voted on and approved at the uh, board of directors' meetings?
7: Well, we also looked at – we have a a sports medicine advisory committee coach that uh, Assistant Commissioner Robert Falklands works with and made up of doctors and athletic Mm -hmm. trainers that – that are really geared towards, you know, the protection and the health of athletic uh, high school athletes. And so we meet with them um, multiple times throughout the year, and they came to proposals this year. And, you know, now sport is year-round. The training goes through the summer, mm-hmm. and it, and it mm-hmm. leads into the season. so we had, uh, in the in the past, we've had a rule that you had to have 10 acclimation practices before you could compete in a contest at the beginning of this, the year. And uh, the sports medicine advisory committee were able; they reduced that down to eight instead of ten, just because there's there's so much more activity heading into a season than there (laughs) used to be. And, uh, mm-hmm. the other thing they looked at is once you, let's say you get injured or you have to step away from the team mid season, uh, before it was, um, you know, up to six practices before you, after you were released by a physician, mm. before you could play right. and that's right. been reduced by two also. Uh, so that's just a little bit of the work that our sports medicine advisory committee does. Um, and, you know, and we're just grateful to have that group. Uh, it's not we've not always had that group with us. And this year uh, we've mm-hmm. had them for the last two years. And we're going to really make some adjustments within uh, really specifically focused on the health and safety of student athletes. Um, you know, and then the other. I think that's of the pretty, coaches, yeah.
4: No, yeah. oh, go ahead. No, well, I think it's really neat that you you have them involved and professionals, obviously, in in their own realm who uh, uh, who by their ver- very nature are uh, always thinking of the welfare of the student athletes.
7: That's exactly right, and you know, it's again, it's it, it allows somebody to come in and take a look at this. That's not. Uh, they're completely unbiased they don't look at the name of right. a student athletes strictly yeah they don't have, they don't win a game right. their winning a game is when the kid can play one more game right you know and that's right uh, so and then the other thing coaches associations always have the ability to propose rules and we do team sports in a year and then the next year we would do individual sports well this past year was individual sports. Uh, they go through the athletic directors association and ultimately come before our board and we had a couple of proposals that were that uh, didn't make it this year there was a proposal to reduce the number of baseball and softball games by two uh, the board looked at that and uh, just uh, you know that that's a maximum number of games scheduled if schools choose to schedule less they certainly can do that and mm-hmm. so that's kind of the approach the board took with that one and then we also looked at uh, girls tennis and, and girls tennis already is a week longer than the boys season and the coaches association proposed an additional week for the girls that, and again our board looked at it and just didn't think it was uh, prudent to do at this time so they just uh, they didn't pass that uh, either so those are just a few examples and next year we're going to bring team sports in and see if they want to make any right. rules proposals
4: <laughs> I would assume uh, that they will not knowing specifically but you know you're you're going to get an opportunity you don't get an opportunity every year and so you have to be judicious in how you look at that uh especially from uh you know a team sport uh standing that's
7: Absolutely, coach. And you know, one thing we have to sit back and look is, you know, our our sport rules are really in pretty good shape. And you know, the, uh, sometimes I think we look at things to adjust, just to just to make change. And right, uh, you know, that's if something needs to be changed, we certainly should do it. But change for the sake of change, especially when it comes to the, the uh, you know how we how we play the game or those types mm-hmm. of things, you really have to look at those uh, in depth. And that's what. Uh, uh, that's why it goes to the athletic directors. and all to, It comes from the coaches association, so it's vetted with the membership. And then it right. goes to the athletic directors who have to implement, and then it comes to our board and our staff to be able to look at it. from. So it it really is thought about a lot and vetted a lot as, before it ever gets to our board for their vote.
4: He's the commissioner of the IHSAA, Paul Nighting. Commissioner, thanks so much for that. Now, I was asked earlier today on a radio show, what I thought the highlight of this IHSAA athletic season. And without question, I thought it was people were able to go back and watch games and get more involved than they had been prior to COVID because, you know, the, our indoor sports, our winter sports indoors, especially the same thing with our outdoor sports. I think you're seeing more and more people. Crowds are bigger. at softball, track and field, baseball, uh, everything. It's just that the fans have had the opportunity to come Back come back, and they come back in in record numbers. In many cases,
7: they have coach, and it's just uh, you know, you when you when something leaves absent, sometimes you you would worry a little bit if does it does it get forgotten? And high school sports was not forgotten, no. uh, you know, as not we walked Indiana. through this winter, not at all. Yeah. And well, we we walked through this winter. The girls' basketball state championship had the largest crowd at Gamebridge Fieldhouse since two thousand and nine. Uh, Our evening session of the boys' tournament was standing room only. Uh, We had we basically, for all intents and purposes, was a sellout. You know, and those people are still thirsting for their community sport and watching their kids play. And um, you know, it's well, as I've said many times, and I will continue Mm -hmm. to say it, it's really good to be in Indiana because it's not, it doesn't look like this other places, but it does here in Indiana.
4: It is great to be a Hoosier for many reasons, not the least of which is we actually do care about high school sports. It matters. It, it's a, a, an important part of the fabric of communities, big and small in our state. And uh, it's been that way for a long time. And I hope to God it stays that way for a long time, because that's just that's what. And I'm already here. It is uh, springtime. I am looking forward to the fall. Because we'll be back at it here for season number thirty, but we'll also be back at it and and competing, and that's that's what you and I and others live for. This is what we know we've chosen. We've chosen to make a life at it, Uh, and and it's fun because we know how it because it matters. That's the biggest thing. It really does.
7: It, It does, coach. And you've heard me say it before. Paul Nighting and I'm Joe Coach Lovell and, and many people that that love sport do not get to do what we get to do without an education-based coach in our future that challenged us, that inspired mm-hmm. us, that held us accountable uh, to do great things. And so, you know, again, it's just um, that is what is so special when you see that come around every year. Um, and uh, I'm just blessed to have a great coach in my life that allowed me to dream and and, and, again, I sit here today and get to do what I do because of uh, a great coach in my life, or several, actually.
4: I feel the same way. And uh, they've, they've given me an opportunity to sit in my house in Franklin, talk to my friends about sports, and get paid for it. That's yeah. uh, that's living, quite frankly. <laughs> it's that's it's a, a great one, life coaching. right there. <laughs> uh, Commissioner Knighted. I appreciate you taking time. I really do. It's a busy Friday night. You've got grandkids and things to do and could take your wife out to dinner. But you chose instead – to call me means a lot again thanks for the nice text everything will be fine this is just uh you know something i need to do clean clean up an artery how's that sound and uh <laughs> everything will be great and um i'm looking forward to uh taking some time off and then coming back with a vengeance for season 30 paul thanks hey, have a great weekend healthy, thanks for your time you too. thank you coming up you know that music means good things are happening. Howard Kelman from the Indians will join us when we come back after the scoreboard update on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk.
5: And they are underway in Phoenix, game three, between the Phoenix Suns and the Denver Nuggets. Denver leading the series two games to zero. Devin Booker, six points early on in this game. He just missed his first shot. He's three of four from the field. Major League Baseball? They're in the top of the 8th in St. Louis now. Detroit leading the Cardinals 5-3. Detroit ended up getting three runs in the top of the 7th inning to take a 5-3 to three advantage after trailing 3-2. to two. Andrew Kister hit a solo homer in the 3rd for the Cardinals. Nolan Arnato. Had an RBI after getting out at first base on a fielder's choice. And Daniel Carlson also with an RBI after grounding out into a fielder's choice. Jordan Montgomery got the start for St. Louis with six innings. Struck out six. Gave up two runs. And Jordan Hicks in relief. Only goes two-thirds. Gave up three runs, one hit, and two walks. Earlier this afternoon, Chicago Cubs, Miami, Marlins from Chicago. Cubs win it four to one. Justin Steele goes seven innings. His sensational start to his second season in Major League Baseball going splendidly. His ERA is now 1.45. That is the third best. And Major League Baseball among qualifiers gave up six hits today, did not walk a single Marlin hitter and struck out four batters. seven of the ninth starters for the Cubs with the hit in Hap with the home run today. The Cubs are now 16 and 16. For Network Indiana Sports,
3: I'm Eddie Garrison. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Key
4: Welcome back, everybody. This is Indiana Sports Talk brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Howard Kelman, the Hall of Fame legendary voice of the Indianapolis Indians, joins me. Indians beat Toledo 6-3. to A very happy Howard Kelman on the line. Hello, Howard.
8: Uh, Bob, you're right. You're on the ball, and yes, and it's the third straight win for the Indians against a very good Toledo team. Toledo was 18-9 and after winning the opener of the series, but the Indians went again, and today the story, Bob, was just a lot of hitting, small ball. The Indians had more than 10 hits right. in the game, none of which was a home run. They just hit and hit. And they, again, got very good pitching. You know, I mentioned they've won three in a row. Mm -hmm. And in these three victories, their starting pitchers have not allowed a run.
4: That'll work. (laughs) Let me see if I got this right. You don't allow a run, and your guys are knocking the ball all over the yard. That's a recipe for success.
8: Oh, absolutely. It's just been terrific the way we've seen this club perform. And a big key, Bob, I mentioned this to you last week, all the guys on the injured list. Well, Mike, uh, Chris Owings is off the injured list. Nick Gonzalez is off the injured list. Andy Andy Rodriguez is off the injured list. These are three key men who made major contributions tonight who were all Mm -hmm. on the injured list a week ago. So that's a big key.
4: All right, uh, who's coming up tomorrow for him? Who's on the Hill?
8: Osvaldo Beto on the Hill. We have a 5 o'clock game tomorrow. Bob, what was that you said about an artery? I just heard you saying that in the interview with the commissioner.
4: Uh, well, I am having carotid artery surgery on Thursday. I have a ninety uh, percent blockage in my right core, my carotid artery. Sounds worse than what it really is, actually. So I'm going in for a, a little cleanup, if you will, on Thursday. I'll be, you know, surgery Thursday. Spend the night, get out, and then um, I'm probably going to miss next weekend's shows, not knowing what I'm getting into. So, uh, but it's uh, it's all good. Um, uh, again, it's a whole lot better than uh, quadruple bypass <laughs> surgery. So right. uh, I told the doctors, I said, look, I've, I've been through that. I think I could probably handle this. So nothing to get nervous about, but thanks for asking. I appreciate it.
8: I, I wish you the best, as always. You know that, and I look forward to speaking thank with you. you tomorrow night.
4: I know. So will I. Howard, thanks so much. Have a great night.
8: Bob, as always, thank you very much.
4: You're welcome. Adam Alexander joins me from Fox Sports. Hey, that's a tough act to follow, finding out I'm going into the hospital there. Uh, I was going to send you a text and call you and give you the news personally, but, ah, you know, you had to hear it over the air.
9: Well, I wish you the best, Bob. I'm sorry you're dealing with that, but I have tremendous faith in and your ability to persevere. And uh, unfortunately, <laughs> fortunately, <laughs> but unfortunately, you. you've been through these situations before. So uh, my, my yeah. best to you and yeah. everybody along so, the way.
4: W- yeah, my, my wife, uh, who is... Uh, like most women, a a tough, tough lady, she's, she, she and my daughter, they can listen with me, they having all the things that have (laughs) happened to me, they can handle it. Uh, it's, I would say this, it's been a whirlwind week. Um, I, um, I have, I've spent more time in the hospitals this week than I, than I did when I had my open heart surgery. And it's, um, It's all good. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm asymptomatic. It's just that uh, uh, some tests came back that weren't where they needed to be. And my doctor, erring on the side of caution, just said, we're not going to wait. Let's just get this done. And I said, "It's easy for you to say. I mean, you're not. You're not the guy who's doing it." But okay, if that's what we're doing, that's what we're doing. I love my surgeon. I love my cardiologist, and I trust him with my life. And it's it's been a good a good situation. Now, in Kansas, we're racing in Kansas. Tell me what's going on. It's a big weekend, and I feel yeah. like this is a weekend. That's a
9: bit of a precursor of some things to come. You know, it used to be when we would talk five, six years ago, the life flow of the schedule was the mile and a mile-and-a-half race. We don't have as many of those mm-hmm. now as mm-hmm. we used to. But Kansas will be a playoff track when we come back here. It is a mile-and-a-half. So there's a couple of key things about that. One, you always want to take some steps this weekend that will help you flow into the future. Number right. two... I feel like that's not just a playoff thing when we come back here in October, but in a few weeks we run the Coke 600 at Charlotte Motor Speedway. That's another mile and a half, another intermediate track. So, you know, what we see here on Sunday afternoon will be a little bit of a a setup and a foundation being laid for what will come not only later this month in Charlotte, but but could very well play out again in the playoffs. So everybody wants to be buttoned up this weekend and create a little bit of momentum as we move forward.
4: Well, you say buttoned up and, and create momentum. I mean, who are the guys who historically on these mile-and-a-half tracks, especially the Kansas track, seem to have it figured out?
9: Well, when, when you look at this track, and, and overall, well, it's not always been the case, but, but a lot of the time we come here, big-time names have delivered. And I was looking at it today. There are five drivers that have three wins here. They're, they're tied for, for the all-time wins lead at Kansas and they have combined to win fourteen championships. In fact, the only driver on the list that hasn't won a title of that group is Denny Hamlin. And Denny is a, a perennial, you know, championship yeah. tour guy and someone that we just yeah. expect to be a part of the equation week in and week out. And and I would say that that's good, you know, for Denny to be a part of that because not only is this a good track for him, the Toyotas have had a little bit of resurgence lately, with Martin Trex Jr. winning earlier this week. And they had four of the top five in this race, not only last year, but in the fall. So across the board, the Toyotas are a group to watch. But in particular, Mm -hmm. above and beyond that, you're you're talking about drivers that have had success really at every level of NASCAR that have come to Kansas and performed very well.
4: I also like the fact, I mean, what you say about, you know, moving into the Coca-Cola 600, uh, obviously coming up before we know it. Uh, and and taking, you know, grabbing some momentum and understanding what you have to do. It's just been a fun, fun series to this point, has it not? Multiple winners. You literally go in week after week, and it's wide open at at all these venues. Adam,
9: this was the the case last year, and we saw that more last year than, than ever and we felt like a lot of that was year one for the new car and there's going to be some parity there's going to be yeah. some growing pains and you know some of the smaller teams maybe find something here or there that the bigger teams don't have and it opens the door for them to to pull an upset we saw some of that but we've already had eight winners through 11 races this year so the parity is back no doubt
4: And that's so cool. I mean, you know, from from your perspective as a member of the media and a guy who's been intimately involved in this for a number of years, it's got to be fun for you. I mean, you're at your core. You're a race fan. You like to see this. Well, and and I would say
9: the the other thing about it that, that is interesting is not only that we've had eight winners in 11 races, but you start to look at the driver's who have not won. You know, Ryan Blaney didn't win last year. He's yet to win this year. Brad Keselowski didn't win last year. He's yet Mm -hmm. to win Mm -hmm. this year. Brad's someone who's Mm -hmm. been really good over the years at at Kansas. I mentioned Denny Hammer. He's not won yet this season really good at Kansas. Ross Chastain, who's the the regular season points leader right now, scored more points than anybody, but has yet to make (laughs) a trip to victory lane. So you've got, you know, eight drivers that have won, and I just named four. That, that are outstanding and competitive on a weekly basis that are yet right. to win this season, it gives you an idea of what you just talked about, how the, how the parody uh, can really rear its head. And we saw it uh, in 2022 and it's becoming a theme again here in 2023 as we work toward the middle part of the regular season.
4: You got time to hang on for another segment? Sure thing. All right. Adam Alexander, in case you didn't know, catch him on Fox Sports One. He's the man. Twenty-nine years we've done this. You were just what? Get you were in junior high when you first started calling the show. Is that what it was? I had, a hair. I had <laughs> a hair at that
1: time,
4: Bob. <laughs> okay, listen. I'm glad. I'm glad I didn't go that way. But okay, all right. <laughs> nice comeback, though. I like it. Adam, hang in there. We'll be back. With
5: this Indiana Sports Talk scoreboard update, I'm Eddie Garrison, Major League Baseball. Today, Cincinnati Reds and the Chicago White Sox is from Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati. After starting his outing with four scoreless innings, Hunter Green gives up five runs in the inning and two-third as the Chicago White Sox defeat the Cincinnati Reds Five to four. The final blow, really, for Green was a two-run home run by Luis Robert that gave the White Sox a five-four advantage. He saw one more batter. That was Yasmani Grandal. gave up a single, and then David Bell pulled the second-year frame-throwing right-handed pitcher for Cincinnati. So his final stat line was five and two-thirds, seven strikeouts. Five earned runs given up. He is credited with his second loss of the season, and those are his only two decisions this year in seven starts. The Brownsburg graduate of high school, that is Lance Lynn. He picked up his first win for Chicago, went six and two-thirds, eight strikeouts, did not surrender a single walk. Jonathan India hit a solo home run for Cincinnati. T.J. Friedel had a pair of hits and one. RBI. Luis Robert had three of the seven hits for Chicago. Yasmondy Grandall had two. Cincinnati now 13-19. Chicago White Sox are 11 and 22 Minnesota Whites, Minnesota Twins in the Cleveland Guardians earlier today. 2-0 final score. Twins shut out the Guardians, who only registered three hits in this one. The pitching staff for the Guardians only surrenders three as well, but one deadly. Max Kepler, two-run homer in the sixth inning. Guardians are now 14-18. and 18.
4: Welcome back, everyone. This is Indiana Sports Talk. It's brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Adam Alexander joins me. I'm not so sure I have to explain his resume, but for those of you, and I don't know why you don't know, Number one, he is the lead announcer for the Xfinity Series on Fox, co-host of the insanely popular NASCAR Race Hub. How's the show going?
9: Going well. Everything's. Uh, it's been a good season, and it goes back to what you and I were talking about yeah, in the yeah. last segment. When, when you have storylines, and there's plenty to talk about, it makes yeah. the daily show, the, the gap, if you will, the, the fill between the two races uh, from Sunday to Sunday, much easier because there are so many more storylines and things to talk about, and and we've had a great year in that regard.
4: You you, you do, and it's a show that moves quickly, and and you all just have such a great familiarity with one another. Uh, You've been doing it for a while, and, and you make a great point. You know, when you when you have the competitive nature that the circuit's in right now, not just the Cup, I mean, it's the same thing with the Xfinity, which you see up close and personal every week. There's, a, there's a, plenty of things to talk about.
9: And I would say that we've gone through a, a bit of a transformation in, in recent years. When you look at some of the drivers that, that have moved on and those that are preparing to do so, And the doors that are now open for younger drivers to not only Mm -hmm. come into the Cup Mm -hmm. Series, but find their way and win races and and become a bigger and bigger part of the conversation. And that's what we've seen. And so now you're not just covering people, but you're covering from different angles than you were in the past because of how they have elevated their game. And I look at Chase Elliott as a perfect example. Chase was the most popular driver in Xfinity. He won races there, won a championship. He got the cup, and while he was very popular and there was tremendous anticipation about what he was going to do, he didn't win right away. Well, now he's a champion, and he's winning races at the cup level, and he's a favorite and someone we expect to get it done week in and week out. And so there are many stories like that that you, you get to cover from start to finish, not just in a season, but throughout a career, and that's part of the evolution that we've been able to be a part of on NASCAR Race Up.
4: It's a pretty good show, you know that. I uh, I, I watch you when I remember, um, <laughs> and we're friends, so you uh, <laughs> that's a big thing now nowadays. Uh, so what's the schedule this weekend? So you got you got Cup and Xfinity together. Actually,
9: uh, Xfinity off this week. The Craftsman Truck Series racing in Kansas. It'll be a one day show for them tomorrow. Right. So the day gets going tomorrow noon Eastern on FS1 with trucks practice and qualifying there's an arca race a cup practice and qualifying will take place late tomorrow afternoon and then the truck race tomorrow night their eighth race of the year they'll be halfway through the regular season when we wrap the race wow. tomorrow and then on on sunday it's all about the cup cars
4: great hey thanks for doing this i appreciate it i know you've had a long long day you got a million things to do And we just keep cranking them out. 29 years of doing this stuff. It means more to me than you can ever understand, Adam. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Have a great weekend. You too. Thanks a lot, Bob. We'll talk to you soon. I'll look forward to it. Thanks very much. Adam Alexander, as good as it gets. Trust me when I tell you, there's not a better guy. Tune in to Fox. Catch his great work there. We got a short break. We got a lot more to talk about. It's a big weekend now. Uh, we're also, in, look at the calendar. The calendar is uh, telling us it's May the 5th, which means it won't be long before we start doing what we're doing. And so uh, when we come back, we're going to try to track down, uh, try to talk a little more racing. So stay with us. And uh, enjoy that. Coming up tomorrow night, we're going to talk about the Colts. Matt Taylor will join me. Uh, We'll spend some time talking about the Colts. A little break. And come back and talk more racing. This is Indiana Sports Talk. Welcome back, everybody. This is Indiana Sports Talk. Brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Eddie Garrison. What's happening in basketball tonight, brother?
5: So we've already got one game that went final. The Boston Celtics right. defeated the 76ers, 114-102. So now Boston's ahead. Did you watch that game? One. I watched a little bit Did of it. Did you watch it? A little bit.
4: Huh. Celtics, this is a this is a difficult matchup for the 76ers. This, um, it's interesting how, you know, I've, always, I've long thought, I mean, especially in the NBA, the playoffs are basically about – matchups and adjustments and uh Uh you know you know you look at um the the warriors i mean adjustments you know change starting lineup those kinds of things and and that's listen that's when you make your money as a coach is in that particular time anybody can roll the ball out and let you know go go up and down and do all that but you get into these kinds of games you need to change some things up that takes a little bit of uh, a little bit of coaching to make that happen. All right, so Celtics win. Uh, who else? Suns are playing.
5: Yes. After the first quarter, the Denver Nuggets are up thirty-one uh, twenty-nine. Devin Booker, eighteen points in the first quarter, only missed two
4: shots. Yikes! Yikes! He's out there hunting for shots right now. I mean, Good for them. I mean, there's no All right, Chris so Paul what's happening there. tomorrow? Who am I watching tomorrow?
5: Oh, tomorrow you get the Golden State Warriors again. Uh, them the, uh. and the Lakers are playing every other day. So with how they got to catch Ooh. up to everyone else in the playoffs, they have to play tomorrow night. That's at 830. And then the afternoon matinee game, if you will, it's uh, the New York Knicks and the Miami Heat. Jimmy Butler's mm. status for that one is questionable Ooh. right now. There's been... No really Ooh. big update on his status as of yet.
4: I hope he's healthy. I like watching him play. I just love the fact he competes. I mean, he just competes each possession now. He's and and uh, he can he can score. Uh, you're going to need to guard him. So that's fun. Okay. Um, so. That's, it's that's a fun time of year to watch basketball. Are you getting ready now for the month of May? Or are you going to be at the track? Are you going to have anything that you're working on or doing in, for the network or for, uh, for our flagships?
5: Uh, I will not be doing anything in terms of uh, producing of any kind for the network or anything outside of my normal duties of the flagship at the uh, at 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan, and that is producing Trackside with Kurt Cavan and Kevin Lee, and then there you go. Beyond the Bricks with Jake Quirley and Mike Thompson. But I will be making some appearances out there at the track. Uh, I do love the month of May. I do love when the Indy cars are all revved up and... Running around over there, uh, 16th in Georgetown. It's one of the most fun times of the calendar year, mind me. Sure
4: it is. You're fired up now about Carb Day, aren't you? You're going to be going to Carb Day. Oh, yeah.
5: I always go to Carb Day, and uh, (laughs) I hopefully am able to go, I think, to my fifth or sixth consecutive Indy 500 now. So starting that little streak
4: Careful, you're you're going to be a fan if you don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I
5: know. I bet. i uh I bet. he'd Be real careful. And as I like, I've told I still
4: you, believe. Listen, I believe that um when they come off the fourth turn and head down the straightaway to take the green uh, flag, it's the greatest moment in, in all of sport. Oh yeah, nothing compares to that moment. No. All right, Eddie Garrison, you're the best. I'm glad you're in tonight. We'll be back. After we catch Eddie Garrison on another scoreboard update on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk.